Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. three and we have grown here on the set we bring in our guy jim root good to see you it is not college basketball season but he's expanding his horizons i saw that jim was on hardwood handicappers with jvt earlier today talking some nba a world traveler trendsetter if they got a drink special he's all about it my man jay root yeah, i'm like a magnet for those. yeah you man. Put him out there. I'll hey, be there i follow him on twitter i mean he's everywhere try to be i like it gotta be I like it. So we'll run through some scores real quickly, but the most important score right now remaining on the night is the Sparks and Mercury game because Eric Eager, uh, world-renowned, maybe, uh, WNBA better, said, let's go in-game on Phoenix. And then Jim walks in studio and says he's got Sparks plus three and a half. Sparks plus three on the opener here at Circa. Okay. And then also the the over 164 and a half, which... Looks to be in great shape, the over. And now we're trying to hit the middle between Sean, yourself. All we got to do is me. win the fourth by two points. We're good. Two or more points, we and we cash. That's Simple it. as that. Yep. 80 to 70. Come on, Mercury. And I should, we should hit it because we didn't get greedy. Right. We didn't take the seven and a half for better went eight money. And a half. We went eight and a half. You deserve it. I'm Come trying on. to yes. find the game. I don't think the, I don't think the game's on TV. Uh, it's, it is. It's, it's, on it's the, live on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I know that much. I watched the first half at home. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you to watch the Celtics game. I watched that okay. too. I watched right. that too. All right. So, uh, by the way, the uh, Avalanche lost tonight 5-4 to four in overtime. Blues come back. You could have got 20-1 to one at multiple spots in game there. Uh, so we'll have a game six in St. Louis on Friday night. And we will have a game six in Boston on Friday night, Jim. And it will be an opportunity to close this thing out for the Boston Celtics. I just saw the Westgate Superbook. Jeff Sherman just posted his latest odds uh, on this series. And it is minus 1,400 now for the Celtics, plus 800 on the buyback for the Heat. But let's talk about what we saw tonight Um, in that third quarter. You know, that first quarter was... A, uh, a throwback to the days that we don't like, you know, the 90s basketball. It was awful, just dreadful basketball. But then you see the Celtics come out in that second half. Jalen Brown gets pretty, you know, gets heated up. When you look at this Celtics team, you know, what in, what stood out to you in that third quarter that allowed them to to have this, 
you know, runaway type of quarter and, and set themselves up now as, you know, minus $14 favorites to win this series. Yeah, I mean, it had been a rock fight the entire first half, and the, the, the Heat continued to participate in the rock fight in the second half. Unfortunately, the Celtics figured something out offensively. Like you said, Brown really started to knock down shots. They moved the ball a lot better. I'm specifically thinking of one drive where Brown went baseline. He hit Grant Williams for a corner three. Uh, just got got the ball moving a little bit more, both with guys in their hands. They're not just jab-stepping and shooting over the top, but they're also moving the ball via the pass. Uh, and so that was impressive to see them kind of make that adjustment at halftime. And they've really struggled with turnovers this entire series. Yes. Uh, Ime Udoka talked about it in the post-game uh, post press conference. Ten in the first half. He, he said uh, he pulled Jalen Brown aside, and he's like, enough. We've, we're five games in. you got to stop with the turnovers. And he tightened things up. To Brown's credit, he started to really make plays, and, and Tatum started to get the stroke going too. And they, they ran away with it. They, they played the defense and finally hit some shots. For me, this is, I feel, extremely stupid series. Because pre-flop NBA playoffs, I told Tim my opinion was Miami's a regular season team. I didn't like them in the playoffs. They shortened the roster, so what made them, or shortened the bench, so what made them really good in the regular season, they're playing 10 guys, so they're fresher. You know, it's probably going to, you know, even itself out. I thought Boston was a much better team. I should be 4-1. and one. The only game I should have lost was game three. I think I feel like that's the one game just nobody saw Miami jumping out to that huge lead. But game one, I should have been on the heat just because of Horford and Smart and that news. When Horford and Smart played game two, should have jumped back on the Celtics, should have jumped back on the Celtics on the series at plus money. I would have lost game three, then four and five. I should have been on the Celtics. They're a the better team. Like, if they're healthy, they have all their guys, I don't think Miami can beat them. Right, and both teams are clearly banged up right now. Right. They're struggling with injuries. Uh, so it, I don't think either team should really be able to use that as an excuse in this series because we've seen so many guys miss, whether it's a full half for Jimmy Butler or full games for, for Hero and Smart and Williams. Uh, so I don't think it's about the injuries. I, I'm, I'm with you. Just You go man for man down the, down the line, Celtics are a better squad. Yeah, we, I think right. I overthought it. If yeah. I just did what I thought pre-flop, we should be 4-1, Tim. Yeah, and I mean every time, every I'm time sitting, Celtics, I'm, I'm in good shape here, Sean. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I haven't bet. So as long as I've, I've been on the wrong side, like I just haven't bet. Like I've just been so turned off by the playoffs and the fact that I don't know what's going on. Like we keep getting these twenty point games, and you know, you, it's no rhyme or reason to it. And so I kind of have like just gravitated to baseball and hockey. But in hindsight, I've liked Boston. I should have bet them to win it all when they beat the Nets, just because they looked the part. Especially when Chris Middleton came up hurt. I still from wasn't. The I wasn't convinced. I mean, they were down three games to two to the Bucks. I, I felt like, and I said it on the air. I said, "Look, I felt like the winner of that series was going to win the title." I'm not super convinced of that right now. I think the Warriors' depth is is certainly capable. And if you look at some of the look ahead lines, it's it's almost a pick 'em series between the Warriors and the Celtics if we are to get that. Um, so yeah, I I think the depth of Boston is is showing at times. Um, but what what worries me is the disappearing act that we have seen from time to time from a Jason Tatum, from a Jalen Brown. Look, the second half was great because Miami couldn't take advantage of that. Warriors will take advantage of that. So that I do get a bit worried because we saw that a bit in the Bucs series. I know you watched that series as close as anybody. I mean, the game six was an all-timer, right? It was Jalen Brown versus Giannis. Both had mid-40s. I, I just... 
the consistency isn't always there from Jason Tatum. And maybe we'll get there, but it, it, it's not always there yet. Yeah, he's still young. He still kind of has the delay in egg game. It seems like once a series, he really kind of struggles. He had one in the in the Buck series. He had one in uh, game three of this, this Heat series. And then he came out in game four and just absolutely tore it apart. He seems to really respond when he has that poor game. Uh, and really, they do as a team. I, I, when's the last time they lost two games in a row in the playoffs? Like mm -hmm. They have been... Bouncing back every time they go down a game, they did it over and over against the Bucks last round. They mm -hmm. did, did it against the Heat here. Um, I, I think they're a, a surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, but for for how young their stars are, both Brown and Tatum, they're very mentally tough. They they don't they don't back down. They're not going to lose multiple games in a row. And I think that's kind of a difference maker. Um, I, I always thought the Heat had a a big coaching edge with Spolstra, but Doka's really kind of acquitted himself nicely in these playoffs. Some of the the adjustments and tweaks he's made. They did not go very deep in the bench tonight, and it seemed to work. And I think the biggest thing Adoka, Adoka has done is instill confidence in all of their guys because White and Williams have stepped up in big games. Even after having played a bad game or a bad quarter or a bad half, that goes directly to the coach and the culture. It's why guys go to Golden State and flourish. It seems like every free agent they get reaches its full potential. But I did want to say this about Jason Tatum. He's box office. He's a superstar. He's learning, though, in front of everyone's eyes how to perform as a superstar. Uh, it was 59-56, and I was talking to Tim, and I said, Jason has to develop a back-to-the-basket game, a mid-range game for nights like this when his long jumpers aren't falling. And what did he do to start the fourth quarter? Hit the free throw ways. shot yep. uh, in, the, in the half court, went to the ba uh, box, the block, low block, made a little move, got a basket. That's big time to me understanding having the basketball IQ that my shot's not falling, but my team still needs me. So I can't just turn into a facilitator. I have to find a, a new way to score the basketball. I'm a big fan of his. I can't wait to see Celtics Warriors. I think it's going to be a tremendous series. Yeah, I mean, that's the, kind of been the step for a lot of the big-time scores when they add that post game. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remember when LeBron just suddenly the light went on for yeah. him, and he became back to the basket. If you double him, he's going to pick out the perfect pass, or he can bully any smaller defender there, Giannis is starting to add that too. Like that is such a game changer because if you're on the perimeter, it's a lot easier to send help, send doubles because you're, you know, the defense is all looking at you. They're coming to you. Uh, but when you're on the post, you're kind of behind some of the people. It, it's not set up the same way to double uh, and it makes for easier passes out of there. So if you have that, that post game maximized the way Tatum is starting to get to, uh, that just makes him all the more deadly and, and tougher to double. What do, what's the uh, current, Tatum Finals MVP sitting that. Ooh, uh, I'll I'll get that uh, during the break. Because I think that's a good bet. Coming into today, it was plus two seventy. Okay, I mean I think that's excellent value. Yeah, I, I'd I'd struggle to see. I mean Brown has these games where his shot making is just outrageous. He turns I, the ball over enough, he can't win it. If if they win, and just said it's uh, down Tatum. to it's down to two to one. Okay, and so, the Celtics themselves are probably what plus one fifty at this point. Too. Yeah, um, yeah, and the series price is you know minus one uh, even money. Excuse me, it moved at at the Westgate to win the championships down to plus or it's plus one twenty five. Uh, there, you're looking at some series price. I want to get to Celtics Warriors uh, on the other side of the break. Just final minute here on on Heat and Celtics. Game number six is a nine point spread in most spots, Jim. Uh, the total down to two hundred. Um, which, after what we saw tonight, <laughs> who knows? But you got to remember, early on in this series, 118-107, 127-102, 109-103, the last two games have actually been the only ones that have gone under 
Uh, do the Heat have any shot? To I, salvage this series, I kind of think so. Yeah, they, they're, it's you know, they're kind of just like the Celtics. They have that Heat culture. You mentioned culture for the you know when you go down and lose a game. I think the Heat will bounce back. I know they're struggling with with injuries, but we mentioned so are the Celtics. Yep. I think they Spolster hero, will have man. some. Yeah, I, I think Spolster will have some solid adjustments. And look, they were seven for forty five from deep tonight. I'm sure that the shot quality score in this game will have the Heat with way more than eighty points. Uh, so I, I kind of think they can keep it close in that next game. I don't think they're going to go down and get blown Here's what out. I'm doing. I'm taking Heat money line in the first quarter. And I'm going to play Heat money line on the game. Just because it's a Twilight Zone playoff. So I know something crazy <laughs> yeah. is going to happen. Heat going to go out and win by 30. Watch. Yeah, we're already talking Celtics Warriors. But hey, don't cut out the Heat. Jim Root is in studio with us. Follow him on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Mavs and Warriors. Deshaun's Mavs have a shot. It's a nightcap. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCasts wherever you get your podcasts. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Jim Root from the three-man weave at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Kind enough to hang out with us for a little bit here tonight. Uh, we will get to some NBA draft thoughts and maybe mm. 
maybe Sean, we'll we'll get a little uh, like uh, we'll do like a speed round of a couple teams to keep an eye on in the futures market for college hoops. We'll do that a little bit later. We'll I do- really want to do the draft because, because my Orlando Magic Ooh. have the number one pick. Yes, they do. All right, but let's uh, let's stick with the NBA. Uh, the Celtics one win away from advancing to the NBA Finals, first time since 2010. The Warriors also one win away, had a chance at a sweep, did not get there. Do they finish off the Mavericks tomorrow? You mentioned shot quality, uh, which, by the way, shout out to shot quality. Really uh, useful tool. Also on hardwood handicappers this morning. Yeah, so. look at that. Uh, Reference them heading into game four that – the Warriors had won the game by nine, but actually lost the shot quality by nine. So I bet the Mavericks in game four with desperation, all that. When you look at what we have tomorrow night, seven is the point spread. It came down a little bit. Um, do the Mavericks keep this thing rolling here? What's your feel heading into tomorrow night? I kind of think Golden State finishes it out. Uh, the, the classic gentleman sweep of get up 3-0, the team at home, it backs against the wall to, to end the season, is able to get one and build on the momentum of the crowd. But then back to Golden State, uh, they, they didn't play most of their guys' big minutes last night because the starters were getting blown out. So that almost helped yeah, them rest the, a little the bit. The backups almost got them back in that game. Yeah, cut it to eight in the fourth quarter. I was like about to turn it off. <laughs> and then they started chipping away. And I said, all right, I got, I got to stay glued in here. But uh, back home, it, it feels a little bit like last series for Golden State where they got embarrassed oh. at Memphis. And then they came back home and they took care of business and, and sent the Grizzlies home. Now, of course, Dallas isn't missing their star the way that Memphis was with John Morant out. But uh, this this Golden State team feels like they have really put it together to me. And just dropping that game four hasn't really thrown me off the scent. I still think we'll see Warriors take care of business in five. I don't know if I'll, I'll lay the seven, um, but uh, I, I agree. I think they do wrap this up. So that, that does lead me to the likely NBA Finals, which would be Warriors and Celtics and you know look this postseason I would say Sean, uh, Sean and Jim outside of that Bucks Celtics series has been rather disappointing I think the majority of these series have been even if they've gone deep uh, there's just you know there's there's been a lack of I mean look at these scores every night um, you know I think the average score here in the conference finals is like 18 points or something like that I think if we get Warriors Celtics I think it is going to be a bit similar to what we saw Bucks and Celtics. However, I do I, I do wonder about this, Jim. That Celtics Bucks series was a was a war, man. The physicality in that. I don't I don't know if I necessarily see that with this Warriors team. Not to say that they can't win the series. They are so prolific offensively. What 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 would be your breakdown of a Celtics Warriors series? It's very different than yeah. what the Celtics have been playing it, because the Bucks kind of had to just only play through Giannis. They didn't have the shooting of Middleton, uh, and now they're playing the Heat team that's a little shorthanded too and has struggled to shoot the ball. That's never where Golden State struggles. They are, they are loaded with shooters. Their ball movement's outstanding. They don't have the same physical identity that the Heat and the Bucks do, the defensive uh, kind of backbone of their, their roster, but... The Warriors, it, the way that they're playing, the way they fit together, the experience that most of these guys have in the finals, like you said, Celtics haven't been there since 2010. Yeah, it's tough to just go in there and play a team that's been through those wars and and, and knock them off. So I I would lean towards the Warriors. They do have the home court advantage, mm-hmm. despite uh, being a worse seed than the Celtics. I think the Warriors are the West three seed, the Celtics are the two in the East. But 
overall record gives it to the Warriors. So I'm leaning towards Golden State, but the way the odds are, are showing it is nearly a coin flip. I yeah, think just that's probably correct. It just shifted down, Sean. Just a little tick. We have the the graphic up there. This is prior to tonight. The Warriors were minus one thirty, Celtics plus one ten. Uh, in a potential NBA final series. Westgate has adjusted it. As of right now, Warriors minus 120, Celtics even money. So almost uh, a dead pick em, uh for this series. Let me say this. Dallas is going to win game five. Uh, yeah, game five. Really? Yeah, I think Dallas wins. And Boston, yeah, Boston's going to feel like they're playing on air against Golden State. Because of the defensive intensity that Milwaukee plays with and Miami plays with, I mean, Golden State's defensive intensity is not close. To me, Boston's a more talented version of Memphis. And Memphis gave Golden State everything they wanted. If y'all don't get hurt, I still think Memphis has a legit shot. So I think Golden State's going to be in awe of the defensive intensity that Boston and really looks like the Eastern Conference is playing with. Like, they have the length, the athleticism, and the depth to give Golden State a whole lot of trouble. And unlike the size advantages that Dallas may have, Horford can extend and make the three. Williams much more active as a shot protector than anybody on Dallas. So I I think Celtics are a bad matchup. I will bet the Celtics if they get against Golden State. Now, granted, I got to fade, you know, your mellow yellow. I know he can get hot now and and, and win the game, you know, single-handedly late. But I just like Boston. I think they're on the come. Do I like the matchup for him. Do you buy anything where because the Celtics had to go through two wars and with, with Miami and Milwaukee, so this, maybe game one? I was going to put this context on Warriors. it. The Celtics only beat the Warriors if they win game six. Okay, they need they the rest more than Golden State. I was mentioning earlier, they need to be able to have three days to get in that facility, get in the cold tub, get uh, healthy, get in the training room, you know, get a little refresher because they've been in some battles. They have. <sighs> Look, I, I would say this, and I said it when they were playing each other. I felt like the winner of the celtics Bucks series would ultimately win the title. I, I don't feel as strongly now, um, and maybe I should, you know, because the, the, the Mavericks aren't a very deep team. They have Luka and really, you know, a bunch of, you know, it's kind of like bubblegumming holes everywhere else. You know, you, every once in a while you'll get a, a good game from Dorian Finney-Smith or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but I, I do think... The fact that Steve Kerr has led teams to three titles, five appearances, this would be the sixth. That championship pedigree, Celtics have zero of that. You got a rookie coach. I like Udoka a lot. Um, and and like I said, the Tatum factor, he can rise to these really high highs like we saw in game six, but he can kind of fade too. So wasn't Boston? I, I'm not as strong as you on the Celtics. Wasn't in Boston this series. in uh, with Tatum and Brown in the East, Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago? They, they they've been there. Yeah, they just so haven't been twice. All the way. Yeah, so I feel like they're ready, and I feel finals like finals is different, man. I, I know, and I they just, lost to a they lost to a, Cel- a Cavaliers team that was LeBron and no one. LeBron single handedly dragged a bunch of jabronis across the finish line. <laughs> yeah. in that series, everybody's a failure in the East if you've been judging it by that. LeBron's no, like, no, yeah, well, no, no, beat LeBron. but that, but, <laughs> no, why did he beat LeBron? No, that, they go to ten straight. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that that twenty eighteen Cavaliers team was not very good. Now the Celtics were much younger, right. and they, you know, they were maybe there a little bit too early. This and he Celtics, was still Bron Bron. This Celtics like, team is much better 
now, obviously, than they were in 2018. And those guys, Jalen Brown and, and and Jason Tatum, showed their flashes then. So I, I'm not fully, I'm not saying there, there's, you know, not to quote you, no shot. I just, I'm not as confident as you would be on the Celtics. I I have to dive in a little bit more and, and see how this, this ultimately plays out. Because I do think the fact that this would be the sixth NBA Finals for that team with three championships under their belt and they got one without KD. I, I think you have to keep it keep that. We as- got about two minutes before the break. Let me ask you this question, Jim. I feel like the Eastern Conference has been officiated slightly different than the Western Conference. I really feel like they've allowed those guys to play a much more physical brand of basketball than we've seen at times in the Western. So what type of officials we get for the finals may play into it as well. Because if they allow the Celtics to do the Kyrie and Jordan and Clay, what they did to Durant yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, Kyrie, it's going to be an issue, right? I I think it was officiated a little differently, but Boston and Miami and Milwaukee play differently than a lot of the Western Conference teams. Like True. they, th- their identity is a little bigger, a little more physical, so it almost has to be officiated differently. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be just a total parade to the free throw line, which right. which we know. don't want. I like I like when they let them play. I really do. And, I, I, that and that's probably what, advantage Celtics. Yeah. And that's that what Miami's been doing, though, in this series. They've just been kind of hacking and just being like, are you going to call everything? You know, and, and there's been a big discrepancy in the free throw. And, you know, people who don't watch the game say, well, look, oh, the officials are on on the take for the Celtics. No, the, the, the Heat are just incredibly aggressive. Yeah, that's always a gripe that bothers me. Is like free throw disparities are often that way for a reason. It's, right. it's not usually officiating is because of how teams play. We're down five. We're down five we a minute Come on, Mercury. Left. Come on, Mercury. <laughs> let's get, let's get a it. middle in show. Let's let yes. us all be happy. The over's already hit for, for Jim. All right, we have an NBA draft coming up in uh, about a month. We do. Who should be the number one pick? Jim will give his thoughts. And once again, maybe a speed round of some uh, teams in the college hoops futures market. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on VSIN. Jim Root of the Three Man Weave hanging out with us at Second Chance Points on Twitter. The Weavers, you guys are keeping busy uh, during the offseason. Oh, yeah. We got podcasts rolling out once a week. Uh, actually, we're not going to have one this week, so I technically lied there. But we had a liar two-hour-long mailbag last week. Uh, we got a former D1 head coach coming on next week, Barry Hinson. Okay. So we're looking forward to that. So, yeah. We're continuing well, to make sure those to, out. Make sure to check out all of their content all throughout the offseason. Maybe get in a, a good line or two when the, with the futures market as names are starting to trickle back out of the NBA draft. But let's get to the NBA draft. The ping pong balls fell the way of Sean Kings. Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic. After they had all the magic back-to-back years in the early 90s, uh, they are back picking number one, I believe, for the fourth time in franchise history. Uh, they have... Of course, they selected Shaq. Then they had Chris Webber, traded him for Penny Hardaway, and then they got Dwight Howard. So the number one pick goes to Orlando, and the market, Jim, has really shifted towards Jabari Smith. Uh, at DraftKings, he is now minus 180. I want to say on the night of the lottery, he was around even money, maybe a shaded minus 110, but it has really steamed up 
to Jabari Smith. So you've got Chet Holmgren at plus 190 now. And Paolo Boncaro almost is even out of the discussion. Which is crazy to me. For the That's number one surprising. selection. So I think when it comes to the draft, and this is what, you know, Sean, we, we talked to him about. Because Sean is an evaluator of talent. And, you know, his uh, opinion might differ from the market. So looking at the market and from what you've been reading, we're still about a month away. Is there value on Chet Holmgren at plus 190? Maybe. I, I think there's maybe more value on Paolo at 9-1. to one. I, It's all year it's been three guys. Right. It's been these three. They're the, com the competition for the top pick. Uh, there was a report yesterday from Jonathan Gavoni, Gavoni of ESPN that was kind of saying every other team sort of believes that Orlando's going to go with Jabari Smith. And I think that's heavily influencing where the line has moved to. If it was three to five days, or even a week before the draft, I'd say, okay, yeah, lock it in. Those reports are probably dead on. But there's still a month to go here. There's a lot that can still happen, a lot of individual workouts that I think will go on. I think there can still be smoke screens going on right now. I, I, I would be surprised if there's only a one in nine chance that Ben Carroll goes up there. He's, he's the guy from Duke. He's the most NBA-ready right now. I, I think he's probably still in the mix a little bit. So I want to put myself in the shoes of the Orlando GM. Is our best player right now, our best process, uh, prospect, is it France Wagner? Is it Jalen Suggs? Is it Jonathan Isaac? Like, we've kind of had all of these high picks. Is it Cole Anthony? I don't feel like any of them really, like, emerged unless, you know, just became the guy. And the only reason I ask that is minutes. Whoever we take, I want there to be a void to play with the other young guys so they can play together and get minutes. Because I think Jabari Smith, in my opinion, is the most talented. I just think he's a guy that's going to be a two-way guy. He can defend. He can shoot the three. He's athletic. I think Paolo, if he goes to the right spot, is going to be unbelievable. But I think if he goes somewhere where he has to be the alpha male, I still think he. I have question marks about his handle. I have question marks about him having, like, that real killer like I'm gonna take over the game attitude. I think put it. I think he's more LeBron James, Magic Johnson centric, as he'd be just as happy with 18 points and 10 assists than he would be with 31 points and two assists. Okay, not the Michael Jordan, right, Kobe right, snapping right, that kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah, I buy that. Chet Holmgren, I think probably is the most most versatile. I just wonder. He fits perfectly in Oklahoma City. I I I, I wonder from from a game standpoint. I know he's gonna be solid because he's skilled. But can he add weight? He's not a wide-shouldered guy that looks like he can put on 30 pounds. Like, he's just going to be, you know, looks like a slim-built guy. And he also kind of turned me off a little bit. I like the confidence, but, I mean, be realistic. They asked him who the best player in the NBA is, and he said, in two months, me. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, I mean, shit, we did watch the Memphis game, though. <laughs> and he struggled a little bit with Durden and the physicality and athleticism of it's gonna, Memphis. It's going to take a little time uh, for yeah. Chet. So having said that, and is the guy from Canada even in the picture? What is it, Stephen Taylor or, or? No, Shaden Sharp? Shaden yeah, Sharp. Nah, he's he's, not, he's, he's not. the mystery box. I don't think he's up there for number one. Okay, he's the guy that you know, as you get down into the four, five, six range, maybe somebody takes. Once a we swing start at to him. see the the market expand a little bit, he could be the interesting one. He could go four. I, I think it'd be possible. Maybe yeah. I, I I would be surprised, guys, if those 
three don't go top three in, in one order yeah, or another. Absolutely. I, I think there's there's some people that like Ivy a little more than yeah, he's a Jabari Smith because he's a bust. He's he's the guy that can create for himself. He's a bust. And he can he can put the ball on the floor. Smith is very much a I, I said this on JVT's pod, he's a play finisher. He's not really a play creator. Like he doesn't do things for others. He gets fed the ball and can knock down the shot or he can finish at the rim, but there's not a lot where you just get a bucket from Jabari Smith. He can attack some switches and shoot over the top, but he, he doesn't have a lot of handle to him. He doesn't have a lot of creation for others, and that's my You know what I gained the most respect ever for Jabari Smith? Was in the loss to Miami. Shot one falling. If you go back and rewatch that game, the impact he had on defense and on the boards. He, he can defend. He's going to be an impact player. I think he was – the speedometer was on him at, at Auburn because of the guards. I mean, it's so difficult to get shots with those two knuckleheads yelling YOLO <laughs> for 30 minutes of every game. You know what I mean? So it's just hard. But I'm going to go back to Jaden Ivey. I love his story. I, I love the fact that, you know, child of a basketball coach. I just think I've seen guys with that level of athleticism that don't have a handle, that don't have a jumper, really struggle to transition to the NBA game, especially because think- he's only like, what, six sixes? Yeah, it's six, six four. Yeah, so he's not he's that tall. Like, he don't have a handle. I think his athleticism. He's if he, the, if he goes, oh my god, athlete. Yeah, we've seen those dunks. Look, he disappeared in the St. Peter's game, but I think in this day and age, having that high upside makes it so intriguing. Uh, all right, final thought on the draft uh, before we kind of do do a couple football. NBA. I mean basketball futures. Um, who do you think has the highest upside of those three? I think it's Chet. I do too. I think he's just the weirdest, most unique. And I think I also think he's of the three got the the most likely to bust. Yes, yeah, widest range of outcomes because of the frame, but then the skill set of shooting actually has a Black little bit shots. of handle. Yeah, elite shot blocker can grab and go off the defensive glass. So he's the guy that it's why he's a perfect fit for OKC because yeah. Presti is accumulating all these assets and wants to take the home run swing. I think Holmgren is if that. If Chet was European, I'd love him a lot more. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm being 100% honest about this because he would have already been playing pro basketball with men. I think what makes Luka and some well, of those – Well, it depends Euro- on what league he was in. But a guy with his talent, they go early over there. And, well, and, I, and Luka was ready for the physicality of the game. Luka was. I think it's a Jan long, Vesely was not. Yeah. Right. But I think it's a long way from – what is that conference that Gonzaga's in? West yeah, yep. I just think it's a long way. Like when Mark Williams and, and Duke came here, Chet wasn't an impact on the boards and blocking shots. When they played Memphis in that game, he, he didn't show those same attributes that he showed when they were playing Santa Clara and, and those type of schools. So I think the the evolution to that level is, is very significant for him. He is yeah, skilled. He's not as NBA ready right. as some of the other guys. Right, and that's why I think he goes to Oklahoma. Oklahoma City is perfect for him to go to – and I think they race up and they select him because that's kind of what they're built on and uh, his high upside, their patience there. They're not trying to win right now. I know you, you want to get the, uh, the NCAA yeah. really quick because he didn't really tell us. What do you think of Paulo as I an like NBA Paolo. prospect? I, I think Paolo he's like, What is ready. he as an – give me a, a comp Ooh, for Paulo um, currently because I, I thought he was a better athlete than he actually is. Yeah, I, he's a pretty good – I don't have a, a great name in mind, but like – He's big. He can you can play through him a little bit. He's more of a potential primary creator than than Jabari Smith is. So uh, I don't know. I, I like him. I think he's I think I, he's gonna be good. And I would say this: the night of the draft, when DraftKings or whoever puts out Rookie of the Year odds, Paolo Boncaro will be the favorite to win Rookie Ooh. of the Year. Yes, I I said that this morning too. I I think he'll score the most of these guys yeah. as Rookie Year. Yeah, and he'll be in Houston more than likely, and that's. <laughs> 
that should be an interesting fit with uh, Jalen Green uh, and all of that. All right, we got a minute, so not too much time. By the way, uh, we got our middle. Let's all, all dap, go. dap it up. WMBA. Shout out money, Eric money, Eager, money. our guy. Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Phoenix. My money, honey. Uh, the okay, Sparks my have defeated the Phoenix Mercury 99 to 94, plus eight and a half uh, comes home, and oh. uh, we're, we're all happy. Give us some names or some teams off the radar, value plays, college hoops on whatever it is. What is it? May 25th. This one's on the radar, but the big one today is Creighton. Baylor. Oh, Baylor, yeah. Baylor, because Adam Flagler came back to school, gives them the the big three-headed backcourt with a healthy LJ Cryer and their uh, star freshman coming in, Keontae George. I think Baylor's going to be sensational next year. Grabbed a couple under-the-radar pieces in the portal. Mm. Uh, so you can find them around 20-1. to 1. I think that's a great bet. Uh, and this is the win it all? Yeah. Okay. You are not, real quick, so we only have like 30 seconds. You are not as high as most on Creighton. You think they're a little overvalued? A little bit. I'm actually working on an article for Three Man Weave about these teams that we take from 40, 50-ish into the top five, top 10. And the, the results are a little bit dicey. They're mixed. So I, I like them. I don't know if they're going to be the elite team that people want them. But be. Baylor, elite? Yes. I, Baylor, one, number one and number two for me. There you go. That's Jim Root at Second Chance Points. Follow the three-man weave. They got content all throughout the offseason. So nightcap. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. For the next few months, well, they're going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice and through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll also have some NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continues best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, and everything you will want. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsin.com slash summer. All right, wrapping things up. Thanks again to Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Once again, follow uh, everything that the three-man weave uh, puts out there all throughout the offseason. Shout-out to our guy, Eric Eager. Thanks for uh, tipping us off to uh, to the Phoenix Mercury, a little in-game winner, getting back, not making it such a bad night with the Avs collapse. Way to go, Avs, losing in uh, overtime. So let's get to tomorrow, Sean. We do have an NBA game. We have a game on the ice as well. Uh, so let's actually two games on the ice. So let's start in the NBA. Golden State right now laying seven with a total of 215 and a half against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so far in this series, it's kind of been a mixed bag of totals. Um, you know, last game we saw it go over. Uh, we saw two games ago go under 126, 117. Also in game uh, two in this series. I know you have your Mavericks ticket. 
you're rolling with them on the money line tomorrow, huh? Yeah, I am. I am. I uh, When I went back and looked at it, I actually wrote it down. So they've taken 48, 45, 45, and 43 threes. So my target number is we have to hit 22 to 25 of those to win. So I'm not going to bet the game pre-flop. But what I am going to do is watch the first four or five minutes of the game, and if it looks like the others are knocking down shots, then I'm going to take Dallas money line. Because no matter what happens in the first four or five minutes of the game, Tim, Golden State's still going to be favored for the game. If Dallas goes on a 15-3 run, Golden State will still be favored to win the game. So I just want to wait and see. Because you can tell early. Because in the games where they've gone 11-48 and 13-45, it's been right from the beginning. Like they've been brick city right off from the gate. They have Miami Heat-type performance tonight. So that's my plan on how to attack Mavericks versus Golden State tomorrow night. Wait till about four or five minutes into the game. And based on what I've seen from Dallas as far as their – affinity to knock down their open threes, then I'll either take Dallas Moneyline at that point or I'll just lay off the game in its entirety. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by the seven, um, but I think I do think the Warriors win this game. I think they're going to close it out at home like they did in game six against the Grizzlies. Um, but I, I don't disagree with, with your uh, thought process of heading into this game, you know, waiting, seeing how, how it is. I mean, look, the Warriors – in game six, we're playing like crap, and then ultimately somehow covered uh, against the Grizzlies. I think there will be a little bit more focus there out of the shoot. Um, but look, Luca stats don't lie, right? Luca in closeout games is elite. I mean, the numbers for Luca, I'm pulling them up right now. Luca in five elimination games, he is averaging over his career, he's averaging 36.6 points per game which is the best in NBA history. Now, small sample size, but mm-hmm. 39, 9, and 9, um, 46, 7, 14, 33, 11, and 8, 35, 10, and 4, and then the most recent game, 30, 14, and 9. So he's tremendous. He, he, he seems to thrive in these situations, Sean. Um, so that's why I'm not racing to lay 7 with the Warriors. Ultimately, I do think the Warriors win. Uh, but I'm going to cop out here. Maybe well, we'll see in-game, but I, I, I'm, uh, I am... Can I convince you? To, to what? Dallas is going to win outright. Listen, Dallas is going to win outright or Golden State's going to cover. Dallas won one game and didn't win 0-3 against the spread in the other three. It's true. So I don't feel like this is going to be like a, a two, three-point game with a minute left. Like Either Dallas is going to come out and knock their threes down and do their thing, and they're going to force a game six, or Golden State's going to win by double digits. I think that's fair. Um, maybe I'll roll with what you do, yeah. with what you're going to do. I feel it's the safest way because they're still going to be underdogs. Because I think, well, I think what I would do, I would flip it. If the Mavericks are up or keeping it close and we can get that first, that full game price down a little bit, maybe that's when I jump on the Warriors. No, nah, see, I'm going to take Dallas money line because I saw Dallas do this to Phoenix. They jumped on Phoenix. People thought Phoenix was going to come back. And Dallas, when they're hitting their threes, they're, they're tough to beat, Tim. And they have. So are the Warriors. I know. I know. And, and I trust. I that's tr- why Dallas hasn't covered any of the other three I, games. I trust the Warriors guys hitting threes more so than Dorian Finney-Smith or Spencer Dinwiddie or. I'm with you. Yeah. No lies told. I'm so. going to just wait to end game. So, people, that's how I'll approach it tomorrow. And if 
It looks like Dallas is, is shooting like the basket's moving, and I'll just move on. Go watch hockey. <laughs> well, we do have two <laughs> hockey games tomorrow. Uh, first up, Sean, it'll be the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Before you uh, give out your thoughts, Carolina this postseason, 6-0, and plus 15 at home, 0-5, minus 13 on the road. Tomorrow will be in Carolina. Also, the under has hit in all four games of the series. Sean King, a.k.a. Puck Stradamus, what are you doing in the Canes Rangers? So if the total moves to five and a half, I'm going to take the under. If it stays at five, I won't, I won't it's touch five it. and a half. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my day. day. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's already going to five and a half? Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, DraftKings right now. We showed you the DraftKings. Okay. uh, there. Everywhere else uh, in the market is Okay, so I'll two-team parlay this game. I'll go Carolina and under. And then in game six, I'm going to go two-team parlay Rangers and under. (laughs) And then in game seven, I'm going to go two-team parlay Carolina and under because that's just how the series has played out. It is how the series The home team has won every game, and the game has stayed under. And I just don't see any deficiency that's so evident that's going to change the way these games are played. I mean, these are just two grind-em-out kind of teams – both goalies are, are – are, and it's, uh, what Randall's doing is amazing because he's not even a starting goalie for Carolina. You know, uh, Anderson's out. But Shesterskins, he's playing at a high level. But Carolina doesn't lose in Carolina. So I'm not going to try and go against the odds. I'm going to parlay the uh, Hurricanes' money line with under five and a half. Surprisingly, the first period over actually went over in the last For the game. first time, yeah. Yeah, it was 2 nothing Rangers. Uh, so that series even up at two games – a piece, and then Edmonton and Calgary, Sean. Uh, this game had all the fireworks last night. Another over in this series, or in this series, three and one to the over. Not oh and f- uh, not uh, perfect like the unders in the other series. 
Uh, but you've got six and a half juice to the over at minus 115. And then Calgary at home, a favorite, Sean, as low as minus 145. If you like Calgary, if you like Edmonton, you can get them as high as plus 140 on the money line. Do the Oilers, Sean, wrap up this series in the Battle of Alberta, or does Calgary force a game six? Yeah, this will be my biggest bet tomorrow. Ooh. I love the underdog. I love Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah, really? They're just outplaying Calgary. I don't see Calgary being able to change it. I mean, Markstrom's been terrible. I mean, uh, with well, Smith St. <laughs> Louis beating Colorado tonight was a perfect thing for me that happened for Edmonton. So I think Edmonton will be really focused. Connor McDavid, Evander Kane, Leon Drasatel, they've been phenomenal. Uh, Mike Smith has been just good enough. A 40-year-old is outplaying Jacob Markstrom. Who Except when they're 75 for shots. Right. <laughs> Which that was crazy, right? But again, I think that works in my favor because I think he got a little lackadaisical, and now I think he'll be completely aware. Uh, if they get a lead like Colorado did today, it's easy now for the coach to say, remember what happened to the Avs yesterday. Let's keep our foot on the gas. I like Edmonton tomorrow, plus 140. That'll be my largest bet. That place is going to be rocking. It hadn't mattered, though. They've already won there. That's what's really important to me. All right, so Sean rocking with the Oilers on the road, taking the dog. You can find it here in Vegas. Looks like the best price I see, plus 135. Uh, But if you're uh, capable of getting DraftKings, you can get plus 140. Before we leave the show, Puck Stradamus is telling you, Edmonton, Uh Carolina, under in Carolina. I might go 0 for 3, but don't walk in here tomorrow tell me what you bet something else. Well, you were trying to lay it on really thick earlier in the show. I told you, over and Edmonton, or Absolutely. over and Everton. Yeah. That lost too, Sean. You're right. We both lost. You're right. You know who won? Eric Eager. Shout out Eric Eager. Oh, that Phoenix, WNBA pick. Yeah, Phoenix man. Good Mercury. call, man. Yeah. Good call. You say tonight. My we, man. We needed that. Abs, what are you doing, Abs? They say they'll know who you are, but who you hang with. That's why we got good friends like Eager. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight on the Nightcap. Scott Seidenberg and the look ahead in the building. Don't go anywhere. Sending us off. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 